Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, an interview show all about art, craft, and creativity. Well, if you couldn't express yourself, how would you de-stress yourself? And if you couldn't make and build and sing, and knit and paint and dance and spin, would you go crazy? Well, if you're going crazy, here's something amazing. Craft sanity, craft sanity, art and craft creativity, interviews with people who make, they are here to help keep you sane. Craft sanity, craft sanity, craft sanity. Hello and welcome to episode 211. On this podcast, I'm going to take you behind the scenes of the business Redwood Willow. This is a Connecticut-based handmade watercolor business that is run by Josie Gamper. She is a 26-year-old former art student. She graduated with degrees in graphic design and video production and has since gone on to make watercolor paint. And obviously, there isn't like a logical like first step study graphic design and video production, next stop, make watercolor paint. That's not the way most people do it. But most people don't make watercolor paint. So (laughs) Josie is blazing her own trail. When I saw her on Instagram, I came across her feed and was really intrigued by the things she was posting. And she was doing little videos showing how she makes the paint. And I just thought, wow, that is so cool. This is a really cool story because within about two years, a little bit less than that, Josie went from making watercolor paint kind of on the side as a kind of experiment after her boyfriend gave her a a set of really cheap paints, uh, the kind that a lot of us use. You know, we buy these for our kids, we buy them for ourselves. So on this episode, Josie is going to share the story of how she got inspired by a really cheap set of paints and how that inspiration launched an entire new business for her. So I really appreciate Josie wanting to share her story, and I really appreciate my Patreon sponsors and those who've just been longtime supporters of the Craft Sanity podcast. I got sick right when I was supposed to interview Josie. First, Josie had the flu, and then I had the flu the very next week, so we had to reschedule again, and I almost had to reschedule that third week because I still felt horrible. So I am back to full strength, still obviously catching up since I'm just posting this podcast now. But anyway, I really appreciate all of you and your patience. So grab a project and settle in to hear the story behind Redwood Willow. Well, Josie, welcome to the Craft Sanity Podcast. I am really excited to learn the story behind your business, Redwood Willow. And maybe you could start by just kind of explaining a little bit about how you started making handmade watercolor paints? So it kind of started as just a side project. I went to school for the arts, um, but more digital arts. I have my bachelor's in um, video production and my um, associates in graphic design. So my life has always been revolved around art and stuff. And I kind of wanted to get more into traditional painting. And so my boyfriend bought me these cheap watercolor paints and I quickly fell in love with the medium and I, <laughs> and I get really obsessive over things. And so I, I wanted like better quality paints, but at the time I couldn't afford it. 
So I decided that I would make my own, um, thinking like, you know, I'd be able to make the colors that I'd want for myself and I'd be able to understand the medium more. Um, I mean, I've done this a few times. I've, I built my own like computer desk and my own day bed. So it's things like I've done this in the past where I, I wanted to make my own just so I know why things do the way that they do. So this is kind of your way. You like to do it yourself and figure it all out. How long ago was that when your boyfriend bought you some watercolor paints? How long ago was it? He bought it for me like, I don't know, two and a half years ago. And then about two years ago is when I started to make the paints. Okay. So not long ago, really not that long. No, not that long ago. Okay. So how did that first batch of paint go? I mean, what did you do? Did you go to the internet and be like, okay, I'm going to find a recipe and then kind of start this out? I looked up like what ingredients are in watercolors and what each like element does for the paint. Um, And then I went from there and I, and I kind of just like guessed at like the different quantities of each ingredient for the watercolor. Um, My first batch, I mean, my first couple batches, if I'm being honest, weren't great. Some of them were really grainy and ashy. Um, but like, as I kept going, like I wanted to perfect it. Cause you know, I mean, I've I already, I paid all this money for all this stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a decent set of watercolors. And right. So, you're invested. How many colors were you trying to make? The first time I think I bought like, I think I bought 10 pigments the first go. Okay. And the very first color that I tried making was indigo. And I'll never forget, indigo has a really bad smell. I don't, um, if you've ever worked with it, it smells kind of like fish. And oh, I remember man. thinking, like, oh, God, like, what did I get myself into? Is this how it's going to smell all the time? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> Thankfully, it's just that one color. But eventually, I started to make paints that I thought were, like, pretty decent. And um, I poured my first half pounds that I was proud of and... My boyfriend, Trevor, saw them and told me, like, you should sell the extras. I mean, you can't, like, I can't use it all. And so that's just kind of how it started. Um, I never intended to sell them in the first place. I was just trying to create, like, a perfect paint for myself. And it just turned into, like, something where now it's my full-time business. It's been quite a roller coaster. But it's it's been great. I mean, to this day, I still try and perfect the recipes. Each Each pigment acts differently than like the other and so there's not like a one recipe fits all Um, right so it's a consistent like trying to make it perfect or however like you want it to act you know this is quite a jump from because you said it was video production or or your um or what was your um degree in again digital video okay I was working full-time for a marketing company. Um, I was editing TV commercials, mostly doing VFX work. Um, so it's, yeah, it was, it, I went from digital to now making my own paints by hand. Um, I guess it's kind of in the realm of the world. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's pretty awesome. And I mean, you're, you were still pretty early in your career. You know, you're 26 now. So you, um, it's not like, you know, you were in corporate America for 20 years and you're like, all right, I'm sick of it. I'm leaving, you know? Um, (laughs) so you, you were pretty, you know, it was pretty, um, early on. How long had you been in your job that you were, your current, the one you left to do this full time? When I left full time, I had been working there about only a year and a half because I've only lived in Connecticut for about two years. When you made the decision to do make paint full time, were you at a point where you you were just getting so many orders 
that it became clear to you that this was an actual viable business that you could actually make a go of it? Or did you um, make it just make a decision that you would rather do, you know, just rather have a homemade or like a handmade business as opposed to working for somebody else? I mean, what was it that drove the decision? Um, I guess it was kind of a little bit of everything. It wasn't a quick, like, oh, one day I was going to quit. It kind of started like, I would say I was working for the company only for a few months when I started making the paints. I quickly saw like my paints would sell out literally in seconds. And um, it was kind of getting to the point where I was making around the same amount at home than I was at work. And so I was I was like already only a few months in, I was kind of thinking like, should I quit? Should I try this to like to do this full time, you know, try to make my own business for myself. Um, and so kind of my middle ground was I, I asked my boss if I could do part time instead. So instead of um, nine to six, I worked from nine to two thirty. And thankfully, he agreed to that, which I am forever grateful for because I was still able to have like, you know, a stable income just in case my business didn't work out. But as as the months continued, like it kind of made more sense for me to do my business full time because it got to the point where it was like I was making maybe like a little bit more money at home than I was at work in the same amount of hours, you know? Right. And so I, it got to the point where it was like, well, I mean, if I'm going to try to have my own business, now would be the perfect time because I don't have a mortgage. I don't have kids to worry about. And like my boyfriend was on board. And so if there was ever a time that I'm going to be risky, like I, now is the time to try it. And so I kind of just took the leap and told my boss and he, I mean, he was all for it. He started his business full, like by himself. So he understood. Um, so yeah, that just, it was a slow progression cause I was scared, but I, I'm glad that I took the leap. Well, I think anytime people leave a, a full-time job and even when you scale back to part-time, it's unnerving when people are like, okay, I have to make a go of it because if you don't sell the paint, you don't have a boss who's going to pay you anyway. Yeah, like you have exactly. to sell you. I mean, anyone, anyone who has a, a handmade business, you have to sell, you have to create the product, then you have to sell it, market it, handle all the emails and all that stuff. So it's, uh, and you know, I mean, you've been doing this, how long now have you been in business with your paint? Uh, about two years or almost two years. Okay. So how far, in, how long did you work both a day job? And so you were, you're actually doing this on about, was it a year and a half? October. I think October was my first month where I, I was doing this full time. Okay. So it's only been about three and a half, four months. So that's very exciting. And how did your, yeah. how did your, um, your audience respond when they heard, I mean, did you tell people like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to scale back. Did you put the word out? No, I, I only told the audience, um, a few weeks ago that I, that I had quit. Um, I didn't want like to tell anyone that way. Like, I didn't have like so much pressure on me, you know, like right. to make it work. I just wanted to see if I could do it behind the scenes. And then like when I felt more comfortable, like thinking like, yeah, this will work. That's when I was comfortable telling everyone um, because I don't know, it's, it was kind of nerve wracking because like, you know, I mean, you know, you have a presence online. You have to kind of pick and choose like what you want to share. Right. Because people will comment on everything. So when people did learn that you had quit your day job a while back and were doing this full time. How did, how did people respond to that? 
I got a lot of great responses. Everyone was like, oh, oh that's so ins- inspiring. Um, you know, you inspired me to work harder at my business. And I mean, it was exactly like what I hoped it did. Um, because I I never thought that I'd be doing this, you know. And if, if I could help someone like believe in themselves to, to pursue their own business or, you know, even just start a side Etsy business, I, like I'm happy to, you know, like pay it forward in a sense. <laughs> As you mentioned, you sell it really fast with your paints. In fact, I was looking at your site and it looks like, I mean, is there even anything in stock right now? I mean, it looked like a lot was sold Not out. Not really, no. Okay. <laughs> it seems like if you could make more, you could you could definitely sell more. So yeah. are you thinking you're going to hire people or do you like having that? You don't have to worry about inventory. Like you don't have to worry about storage because you just sell it all. <laughs> You know, you just let it all go. Um, but what what kind of dilemma? I mean, because while there's a lot of people listening, I'm sure that are like, I wish I had that problem where I just make stuff and everything yeah. sells. But <laughs> what is the downside of that? I'm imagining that there's a, uh, a little bit of a downside, even though it sounds great. Yeah. yeah. I get told that a lot. Everyone's like, oh, that's a great problem to have. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a great problem. But on the other hand, um, you can also lose customers or people lose interest, you know, cause like my store is always sold out and people get mad at me and I'm like, I promise I'm trying, I'm trying to keep up with demand. And me and my boyfriend have talked about like me hiring someone. Um, but I, I do work like in my home, right in my living room. And right. So and that'd be kind of I'm weird really to have like, yeah, you have like five employees <laughs> coming to your house. Yeah. It is a little bit weird. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, maybe in the future I'll have my own like studio space where I can hire someone comfortably. And right. But for now, um, I'm hoping that like now that I'm doing this full time, I could keep up with demand. Um, I I mean, I've obviously you see my store kind of failing, but I am trying to keep up. So if you can explain the process a little bit and how long it takes just to get, a, you know, I know you sell them as individual colors and sets. So, um, but you're not going to just put like blue out, you know what I mean? It seems like you have, so if you could talk a little bit about how you even prep your store, like what it takes to just get ready for a sale. Oh goodness. All right. Um, so everything, everything takes forever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, every single color, um, it takes, so there's a range, right? For each pigment, all of them as I was saying earlier, um, they all act different. And so some of them take longer to mull than others. So mulling is the process of um, dispersing the pigment into the binder. You use a glass muller and like a granite table and you kind of... You kind of mix the word? Kind of mix. Yeah, like mix it, like kind of mush it into each other, right? You want the pigment to spread out as evenly as possible. And so that process... Um, I always do as big batches as possible, um, which is about four cups. Um, and the fastest pigment that I can mull, like the easiest one, is a minimum of like an hour and a half. Wow, that's not that's not fast. No, no, no. And that's just that's just mulling. And then it goes upwards to um, indigo. Indigo is the color that takes me the longest, um, which, like, the fastest I've ever mulled a batch of it is like three hours. Wow. Um, Is that continuous or do you take a break? Um, That's like continuous mulling. Oh, Um, goodness. I take, yeah, I keep track of my hours. And so like 
It, yeah, that's continuous mulling. Um, so you're like watching Netflix while this is happening or like, what do you do? You just like listen to music or how, how do you, you just keep stirring for like, for like three <laughs> hours? I've been listening to audiobooks recently. Okay. Yeah. You can yeah. listen to a whole book on Indigo just about. My oh, goodness. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it takes forever. And then keep in mind, I do have 17 colors. So. Wow. It takes a while, just the mulling part. And then from there, I I fill the pans and and layers. Um, And that takes upwards to two weeks, depending on the color, for a pan to be completely dried. It takes longer in the summertime because humidity is, is, you know, much higher. Um, And then from there, like, I have to wrap them and clean them, label them, and put the label on, which let's say like 45 pans will take me about an hour to do. Um, but each color, like at a time I'll be wrapping like a hundred to 150 Wow. times 17. So it, it takes, it takes a long time to wrap it. And then from there, like I have to prep the tins, the labels for the sets, put them together. Shipping always takes me forever. I don't know why me and tape, are not friends at all. So do you wait till you have all 17 colors in stock before you post your paints for sale? Or do you do them in smaller batches? Like say, okay, I'm going to do earth tones or some other, um, you know, grouping of color. Or do you wait till you have every single thing in stock? Um, I try to have it so that I have everything stocked at once. That way everyone can kind of get what they need. Um, but I, I am trying to keep my store stocked. That's my goal for this year is to keep a continuous stock. Um, so I've I've been kind of building up a big inventory. Um, but now I'm getting like wholesale orders. And so now now I'm back to square one where I don't have enough to, to post. And so and so when I do post it is when I when I have enough of everything. Right. Um, because I don't want someone, especially someone who's international, shipping is so expensive. And I would hate for them, you know, one day I, I list, you know, the reds. And then, like, next week I post the yellows and they have to pay shipping twice. Right. Like, that's right. not fun for them. And so that's why I try to keep it all in, all together so that people don't have to pay double. How many hours a week do you work on your business? I'd say like a, it's a full-time job, <laughs> maybe a little bit more than full-time at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but it's, it's good. You know, it keeps me busy. Um, and it's a good problem to have, to have like, you know, always being sold out. I, again, I do keep track of my hours. And so like, I could tell you how much I spend on each thing. <laughs> like I, I'd say I'd work, I work like, 40 to 50 hours a week on average. What led you to, to pursue wholesale? I built a relationship with this, with a friend of mine from uh, South Korea. And she was like wholesaling my, my notebooks for a while. And that's much, much easier for me because, you know, I'm not actually binding the books myself. And so I was able to do that. And then she, she like asked if I could, you know, sell her paints because people from South Korea can't buy from my shop for some reason I can't ship there. And so like, I thought like it'd be a great way to start because, you know, like there's people there who want my paints, but they can't get it. And so that's how it started. We're still in the works of, of working that out, but it's a, it's a fairly large order. And on top of that, I'm still trying to, you know, have paints for my shop. And so have you replaced your day job income? Uh, yes. That's awesome. 
Yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't get to that point. You know, they, when they, they take a significant pay cut when they leave their day job. So that's, that's got to make you feel pretty good about what you're doing. Yeah. It makes me feel great. Um, when I was working, actually, I, I was already kind of making more than I was at work. And so that's, that was the, one of the main factors where I was like, I could do this. I could, I could do this full right. time. So you already knew that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, it, and was, it was, it was a long, it was like a couple months before I decided. So it wasn't like a quick decision. I, I was scared and I ran the numbers and it worked. So it was, it was a methodical decision. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like it's going really well. I mean, because of your, um, you know, the, the, you know, this, the popularity of your paints. Now, are you, do you have a watercolor background yourself? Did you um, study watercolor no. or? No, I mean, in college, I went to, uh, again, I went to a digital art college. Um, I had one class in watercolors. Um, but other than that, I, I had zero, zero experience. Um, other than the cheap watercolors my boyfriend bought me. Um, and that was my main reason why I started making them. I wanted to understand the medium more. Um, yeah. And do, is, does that surprise people? Because do you think people when they, they're like, oh, she makes watercolor paints, she must be a watercolor artist. And then when people find out that you're not, a, you know, that's not your main thing. What what do people say? And are they surprised or does it do they even care? No, I, I mean, I haven't had anyone who really like, quote, quote, cared. Um, I mean, I, I paint with it now. I actually have my own like painting page. It's not very active, but I do paint with watercolor now. But before making, I wasn't. I wasn't a watercolor artist. Um, but, yeah, I haven't had anyone who had an issue with that yet. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, the thing that's so cool about it is, and I don't think, I mean, I think a person would be kind of silly to have an issue with it because you make um, you make paint that is highly sought after. And um, and it's used by people. I'm getting, I get the impression just from seeing the people that are interacting with you on Instagram. These are very talented people painters i mean this this mm-hmm. isn't just a bunch of hobbyists um have you been able to interact with some people who are really impressing you with their work and you're just like wow i make that paint and look what these people are doing with it that must be so fun yeah it kind of it always gives me chills like when i first started um i had like an artist i don't know if you've heard of her riv rivulet paper I, I can never pronounce it um but she's a big like artist on um, Instagram and she got my, what is her, what is her Instagram name again? Rivulet paper or R I V U L E T paper. I think I might, I'll have to look that up again, but, but so she's using your paint. Yeah. She was one of the first biggest artists that I interacted with, with my watercolors. Did she find you or did you find her? Like how did that? I think she found me. Okay. Yeah. She found me and I sent her, a f- like a, a sample card and she painted something with it. And like, I always get chills. I always get chills whenever I see someone paint something or when someone sends me a, a painting that they've created with my paints. Like it, it just makes all the nights where I get no sleep. It makes it all right. worth it. Like I could cry. Like it makes me so happy because my paints have traveled to like over 35 countries now and almost every single uni- United States like state. Oh, congratulations. Um, That's so exciting. Thanks. And so it makes me happy to know that like these paints are out there and they're making people happy and they're creating like beautiful pieces of art and I had a hand in it, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's such a great feeling. So are you having a lot of relationships develop with your customers or the same people coming back to you over and over again? I don't know how long the paints last because you can get quite a bit of mileage out of one little tiny 
pot of paint, but, um, you know, are, are people going through it fast or how does that work? Um, I mean, I guess it's, it's all like, it varies between person to person, but, um, the paints last a very, very long time. Um, I have a set that I made like, I don't know, a year and a half ago, almost two years, and I still haven't gone through it. And I use it like all the time. And so they, they last a long time, but I do have like a lot of repeat customers. I would say like a lot of my like sales are from repeat customers. Um, and I think it's, it's them like, they'll tell me like, oh, I got to stock up on this color because, you know, you always sell out. So I just want to make sure that I get it. Or like when I put out new colors, like they always come back and they get it. I think, I think that I have a good response with my brand because I try to keep it personal. I, I, I don't want it to be where it's like, I'm some big brand where like no one could ever talk to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No matter how big I get, that's my goal is to keep it where I, I talk to everyone who uses it. Cause you know, I, I'm, I'm along with you guys on this journey of learning how to use watercolor and understand it further. And so I always ask people like, Oh, is, is there anything you'd wish the watercolor, like was, is there any like criticism on the watercolor that you can give me where maybe I can change it up and make it better? And, and so I think that's why maybe I do have a, like a, a decent following because it's not just like buy my paints, buy this, it's on sale. Like it's, it's more like, Hey, like, what do you think of this color and how can I improve it? Like I'll even tell people like, don't buy a full set if you don't have to. Like if, if you only use a certain amount of colors, like only buy, only buy those colors, you know? I mean, there's no reason for you to waste your money if you only use like three out of 17 colors. Um, and I think, and I think that's the key is just to be honest and, and be like real with your customers, you know? And that's why I don't have that many colors because I'm not trying to sell like 50,000 colors so I can make so much money. It's, I, I put in months and months of research into each color before, before I'm comfortable releasing it because what's the point of releasing a color if it's not even that good, you know? What was it like for you the moment when you realized like, oh my gosh, like I kind of cracked this. I, I did it. I made these watercolors and they work. Um, was that like a magical experience for you? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I like cried a little bit. <laughs> like, I, well, I was like, so, it's a big accomplishment. So They're not happy, easy yeah. to make. No, I was so I was so happy because I had at that point I probably wasted a lot of money because I went through so many batches and indigo is not is not cheap. Oh, it's yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, and so when it finally when I had a pan and it and the watercolor like dried as I wanted it to and it moved as I wanted it to like I was so I was like jumping up and down and then when my boyfriend told me I should sell it I started to go into like packaging like how am I going to package these and I remember the first one that I did it was a gold ochre light and I remember like I I wrapped it up and it and like I was like look like it looks like a professional like product and like ugh. like I, I think I still have that pan of watercolor because it it's what, you know, kind of changed the path of my life currently. And so I was very, very happy. <laughs> so are you painting the color on every single <laughs> label or do you have those printed? Uh, I paint every single label. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm able to print off like, you know, the the label, but the color that right. I, I paint every single one of them. So that's not like, a, well, and here's the thing. You might have a problem where, 
um, I know a lot of printers don't print the actual color. Yeah, so you, exactly. So is that why you did that? Because you didn't want to have to deal with the color being off and then people open it and they're like, oh, this isn't what I, this is not the color that it says on the, on the label. Yeah, that that was one of the main reasons. But also I kind of like the, the hand touch of it. The Every single label is different, you know, just slightly. What's your most popular set? What do people start with? Um, so my most popular <clears throat> is the the popsicle set but i guess that's cheating because that was like the very first set that i offered okay um, so it's been selling the longest <clears throat> yeah but now people really like the um the portrait set and the the mini prime set have been like very sought after recently um but I, i've noticed that people they'll buy like my sample card which you know is very affordable and you get a, a like a sample of every single color i offer and then they'll go straight to like buying the full set wow and yeah, or sometimes people don't even try the sample. They'll just go straight to a full set. And, like, I mean, I, I'm thankful that they, you know, trust our product that much. But it's it's crazy, like, because it, it's, not, it's not cheap, you know. It's, because the sample, um, how much is the sample card to try? So right now, um, I have a 17-dot card, and it's on sale for $9. It's um, so really it's, it's inexpensive. And you can you can paint quite a bit with that, correct? Oh, yeah. I have people who like paint with it for like a month or two, like every day and, and they're good. Wow. Okay. So that's really cheap to get 17 colors for $9. And then if people are like, yippee, I'm all in and they want to <laughs> buy the whole set, how much is the whole set? So the whole set currently it's $153. Um, that's 17 a, colors. How many colors is that? 17. Okay. All 17 colors. And um, that's how much of each one? You're getting a, a full half pen a half pan of each color. Um, all my sets, I, I price them all at a 10% discount. And so originally like the, the set actually cost me $171. Like if I were to sell it like at full price. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I feel like if you're going to buy a multiple, like, you know, like I'm going to give you a little discount. And so you save like $13 on the full set when you buy it. Um, so yeah, you get a decent amount of paint and I, I promise you they'll last like a very long time. Um, and then you can just replace the colors that you mm -hmm. use the most of. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you can trade them out. The, the tin that it comes in, you can clip. You could even clip in like watercolors that you have of like another brand like Windsor & Newton. They'll all fit in, in our tins. That's cool. And so it comes in a big tin then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's you that's, can fit up to 18 colors in there. That's awesome. So when you come out with another one, there's room. Yeah. <laughs> and what is the likelihood that you're going to come out with an 18th color? Is that something uh, you're considering or? It's actually very likely. I did a live feed video recently and um, I, I took kind of a small poll and it looks like I'm going to be releasing another red soon. What kind of red? It's a Alzarine Crimson. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'll be fun. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, the only reason why, I mean, literally I've been sitting on this color for a year. Um, and like, I have a tube that I made a year ago and I, I just haven't released it because the, the light fastness. So all my colors are light fast, 100%. Um, and how do you but, test that? How do, how do you go about testing that? So the manufacturer where I get my pigments, they rate their pigments, um, on a scale of one to eight. Okay. And then from there, when I make the paints, you know, because I'm adding other ingredients, it could change the, the light fast. Um, I'll, 
like paint like a card and then I'll set half of it outside and then half in like a dark space. That way, like by the time I release it, I can see if it's changed. That's why it takes a few months before I release colors because I also do testing. Right. Which I'm sure people appreciate. You know, they do a nice portrait and then it fades in a month and they're like, what? Yeah. So (laughs) you don't want that. (laughs) No, no, of course not. So all that testing is I mean so that's definitely obviously takes uh, adds to the process because you can't you can't speed that along you need the time. No, I also do a humidity test too now because um, I had an issue where I guess I had too much honey in my watercolors. So honey is a humectant um, and it uh, soaks up the moisture so that it, the paint can be workable longer. Um, and I had people in Louisiana where certain colors like Venetian red was soaking up so much moisture from the air that it almost turned back to liquid. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I had no idea that was happening because I live, you know, in Connecticut and it, it doesn't get too humid here. So now, now I do humidity tests because I don't want that to happen. I don't right. want someone's watercolors to splash all around in their bag. <laughs> right. So, so it's all this feedback that you get. That yeah. You're... So again, that's, that's the community talking, you know, so it's it's a great thing to have a relationship with everyone because, you know, they're able to tell me and they're comfortable telling me like, hey, you know, this didn't work or, you know, maybe this wasn't my favorite color. And, and like I take that with pride because it's like at least you're telling me and we could have a conversation and I could improve the product, you know. Do you even have time to watercolor paint now? I'm wondering. <laughs> I mean, um, how do you fit that in? Uh, honestly, like I, I don't have too much time. I would say uh, when I do the, the labels for the tins, so the big labels, that's when I really get to like play around with my paints because <laughs> I, I make them all different. But I try, I try to put away some time every week to paint because <laughs> um, I use mostly just my watercolors now whenever I'm painting just so I can get a feel of them, you know? I mean, right. I, if, if I want you to believe in my product, like I also want to believe in my product. And so I try to use it as much as I can. I have a few projects going at once. And I, I, I don't know. It's, I like, I have maybe like three hours a week where I'm able to spend on, on painting. So do you sell brushes as well with your, with your paint sets or do you focus exclusively on the paint? Um, I don't currently offer brushes. Um, maybe in the future, wink, wink. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I do offer like the tins and the like watercolor notebooks. But no brushes currently, unfortunately. Um, and are those yeah. notebooks your own signature notebooks? Are you do you make those or design those? Oh uh, yeah, so I have a, a manufacturer who makes them, and then uh, I design the the logo that goes on the front of it. Okay, I mean, I mean it's so my logo. They're your, <laughs> yeah, they're either branded for you then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I mean, do you look back and I mean, it's been like two years, and in two years you've gone from working for somebody else and doing this thing on the side, kind of experimental to now working 40 plus hours a week doing this thing that started as an experiment and now it's your own business. I mean, what is that like for you to look back and see how your life has changed and, you know, just kind of, and what's that like to take stock of all that? Um, I still sometimes don't believe it. Um, it's it's still like is this really is this really happening like 
if I post something on Instagram and I get like, you know, how many likes, like I'm, it still blows my mind that I'm able to do this and I'm thankful. And like, I, I worked really hard for this. Like, um, I don't want people to think that like, I just got lucky or like, you know, I, when I first started, um, I, I was working 40 hours a week. And then on top of that, I was working at least like 30 hours at home for Redwood Willow. And I put in like a lot of marketing hours and like research, like I, like it was a slow, like start and, um, to, to be able to build it to where it is now. Like I'm, I'm very proud of myself. Um, and I, and I'm very happy and it, I don't know. I just, it makes me believe in myself more, you know, to know that like, I don't have a limit and neither should anyone else. Like, don't doubt yourself. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's amazing. It really is. What has that done for you to be able to have that open dialogue with your customers and have that, you know, just really kind of tell, let them see behind the scenes. I mean, what has that done for your business? So me being open was a decision I made because I mean, yeah, someone can like copy me or, you know, take my stuff. But I felt like if I'm going to build trust, you know, with my audience for a handmade product, the only way I could do that is really be open with, with what I'm doing. Um, I do keep, I think the main thing I I do keep secret is like my recipes. Um, Oh yeah. Well, that would obviously be detrimental to your business. Yeah. To publish your recipes. Yeah. That I keep secret, but like, I mean the process, it's a, you know, thousands of years old. And so I felt like it's okay if I show them like how I mull. Um, there are like steps in the process, like that I, I won't show just because like I've, I, cr- I like made a little contraption to help speed up some processes. And I was like, you know, I'll keep those things secret, but everything else, like, I, I think it helped me really show everyone that like, I am human and like, you know, come talk to me, like, and you can trust me and trust this product because it's not, you know, made like somewhere else, like it really is in the middle of my living room. And I really am, you know, mulling this color for hours and hours. And Right. You have quite the following. You have, um, looks like um, 26.5K uh, followers on Instagram. And uh, Instagram is an interesting place because uh, some people, you know, launch and they, you know, just take off like wildfire um, you know, other people, you know, might struggle a little bit more to like pick up a following. Uh, for you, what what has it, you know, what was it like to suddenly go to your Instagram and be like, whoa, there's like several thousand people following <laughs> what I'm doing. And was it like that from the start? What made it take off for you? It started kind of slow, right, for the first month. And then I started to be like more interactive with everyone on Instagram. You know, I would I would start browsing the hashtags that I thought was relatable to my product and I would like go on those people's pages and like you know, comment on their artwork and all that stuff and it sparked their interest and it kind of like snowballed from there. And I would say the first year is when I saw like the really big jumps. Like I'd go one night from like I don't know, 300 to like 700 and like literally overnight or wow. yeah, yeah it's it was big like, jumps every month I was going like a couple thousand more I guess I'm kind of lucky in that sense that some of them did go viral and then um, I'd say the giveaways that I had were big parts in me gaining a lot of followers in the beginning 
I still get like a lot of followers, but it's a more like slow and steady trickle now. I haven't seen like a big like 2000 overnight jump in a while. It's just a steady stream. And, and I think it's, I think I like that better because I know that sometimes if you do giveaways, people will follow you only for the giveaway, but then they don't really interact with your account after that. So now I feel like the followers are more like people who actually want to know more about the product and what I offer and like the paints and stuff. And I think that's good that it's a slow and steady like climb now because I don't, I don't, you know, like I want people who actually are interested who I could talk with. Do you have a separate account that you keep for your own stuff or do you, is this your only presence on Instagram? Um, so I have my business page, Red Red Willow, and then I have my personal page where only like my friends and family know. And then I have a art page, quote, quote, where I'm posting my own personal paintings and that's open to everyone. But yeah, so I have those three handles, just the red, my business, my like behind the scenes business, I guess. Right. For my paintings and then my personal one. Okay. And so for you, you found that that works, that works the best just to have that separation. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, you know, not everyone wants to know like what I did today. Like a lot of people just want to know like more about my paints. <laughs> right. No. And that's, and I think for me, I'm just like, I do not want to manage three. You know, I mean, seriously, I'm just like, I do not want to manage three. What is your best advice to the people listening who are like, I want to get my hands on this paint? What should they do? I know you have a newsletter. Is that the best way? Or following you on Instagram? Is that the best way for them to get a heads up? So they have a good chance of getting on there quickly and placing an order before it's gone. I'd say the best way to know like up to date information is my Instagram. I'm not very active with my newsletters. I should be, but I'm not. (laughs) I'm not very active with my newsletters either. And I'm a writer. So (laughs) I I just find it to be a real chore to write a newsletter, especially when you're trying to say, Hey, buy my stuff. Yeah. This always seems kind of awkward to me, but yeah. Same here. Same here. Um, so yeah, in my Instagram, um, I always post like, Hey, I'll be listing this day at this time. Um, Again, this year I am trying to keep my store stock so there's no issue of like, oh, I missed it this time, you know, just, but, but for now, um, you can find on my Instagram page. I'll also always have in my bio the day and time I'll be listing things. So you'd even have to like scavenge through my post. It'll be like right in my bio. And how often are you, are you posting things for sale now? Um, my goal is two times a month. Okay. So like once at the beginning and then once like. 15 days later. <laughs> okay, so your sample cards are going to be the same way. So people can, um, you do a, a, a batches of those, and then um, those will go on sale just with everything else. Uh, sample cards will be listed more often. Like, I won't really announce when I'm posting those, because um, they're much easier and faster for me to make them. Okay. So I can keep I can keep those stocked almost all the time. Okay, so people can kind of just keep an eye out for those. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's a good... Um, that's a good thing for people to start with if they're not, especially if they're not big into watercolor painting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't, you know, don't spend $150, just try the card. And then if there are colors you like, then you can buy those individually. Yeah. I just think that that's, and they, they're very gen- And just looking at the pictures, you can tell, um, it's a generous amount of paint on there on the card. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, you can do a whole lot. Um, with that. And I like, are, now are they little dots when they come or do you have painted on all the colors? 
Oh, they're just little dots so that okay. you can spread the paint yourself. Okay. Because I was like, oh, you can already see all the colors. Um, that's Whoa. funny. Yeah. So you, <laughs> you get to do that yourself, that part. Yeah. 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 And so what has been the most surprising thing? I mean, obviously, it sounds like you're a little surprised about, you know, just initially you were surprised that this turned into a business. <laughs> but what has been the most, like, surprising thing as, you know, now looking back, um, aside from the fact that you kind of didn't really plan for any of this, but is there anything else that you've learned along the way that you're just, or something that people you've connected with or just, what has been the most, you know, surprising element as you've, you know, two plus years later? People are really nice. You know, I was, I was worried as my, as my page grew, you know, larger, um, that I'd run into like, you know, unpleasant people, but everyone really is supportive and kind and nice, not just to me, but everyone else in the comments. Um, I think that was my biggest surprise because, you know, everyone always thinks like, oh, social media is so poisonous and yeah. you know, people are so mean, but I don't know, maybe it's just the community, the art community, but I haven't really had any issues of anyone being cruel. Um, and I think, I think that was a very, very pleasant surprise. Um, and I'm glad to know that it wasn't an issue and I, I don't have anything to be worried about. <laughs> what school did you go to and do they know what you do now? Um, I went to Platt College in San Diego. Um, I don't think that they know what I do. I'm not very, like, I don't post about it really much in my, in my personal, like Facebook page or anything. Right. Um, I don't know. It's weird. I, I like to keep things private, but they don't really know, but, um, Yeah. I, I went to the Platt College, and a lot of times in art school, they're training you to be creative and to create content and make really awesome work. But a lot of students, um, you know, graduates struggle to monetize that. And it sounds like you've been able to, you know, monetize a creative thing, handmade, and now you're supplying the art world with supplies, which is pretty cool you know? Yeah. So I would say like, if I were to give advice for someone, you know, to do something of their own, like, I think the main thing was like, really enjoy it. You know, you have to really enjoy it. Because I, I've tried, you know, before, like, um, making, like digital download planner pages. And it wasn't something that I was like, super passionate about, and it didn't work out at all. But like with these paints, like even though I put in so many hours, like I enjoy it. And I think that was like the biggest X factor in this business taking off is that like it wasn't so much of a chore. And yeah, I, I would say that 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 is why I was able to to have this be what it is today now. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what you end up doing and, you know, if how long you end up staying, you know, where you're working at the table and you said it's right in your living room. Yeah, it's it's right in my living room. Yeah. And what is that like too? I know for me I have looms all over my house. I do not have an outside studio space. And sometimes I get to the point where I'm like, "Oh my gosh, like I'll be tripping over like I trip over a loom on my way to like find the remote for the TV and I'm like, this is insane. Like this is really <laughs> out of control." Um, but yeah, it, it's nice cuz I don't have to pay overhead. So Exactly. You know, and then if you do suddenly if you're paying rent and some people are paying like a thousand dollars in rent, uh, you know, for their studio space, you have to sell a thousand dollars more and that's mm -hmm. just to pay the rent, you know? So I know for mm -hmm. me, I'm kind of mentally not there right now with that. So, um, is that what's kind of keeping you in your house? I mean, to just not have to deal with the overhead. 
<laughs> yeah, I would say that's the main factor, especially now that I, I, this is my full time thing. It's kind of like if if I could save money, right? Like, I'm just going to stay in the living room. I mean, thankfully, my boyfriend is very, very, very patient. And he doesn't mind the empty half pans, like, all on the floor. Or, like, I have an extra shelving unit in our bedroom to, to store, like, extra, like, equipment. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that he doesn't mind. Um, but I do plan on, on having my own space someday because um, right now... I'm I'm kind of limiting myself and and the business, you know. I could go like it could be bigger, but I just I'm so stubborn. I'm like, oh, I I don't want to have to pay that. And who like who's who am I gonna hire? Like, what if they don't even enjoy doing it and the product's not gonna be good anymore? Like, I'm so picky when it comes to everything. Like, <laughs> for those who are listening, and you know maybe they're they have their own home, you know their own handmade business, or they're thinking about starting one. For you, um. You, do you use Etsy as your main sales platform or do you have your own shop? I actually don't use Etsy anymore. Um, I've moved off of the platform. However, I might like sell some things on Etsy only because I took a poll and I asked everyone if they wanted you know, me to sell on there again. And a lot of people said, yeah, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to weigh in off of it because I, I want Redwood Bill to be like its own entity, you know, like right. its own thing, not, not just – I mean – I am thankful for Etsy. Etsy is the reason why I'm able to, you know, quit my job and do this. But I would like to get off of it and kind of be a more serious business where it's my own name, not just an Etsy shop, quote, quote. Were you able to um, shift your um, business so people go directly to you now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't had an issue. Like, I, it wasn't even a slow wane. Like, it was just like one month I was like, hey, guys, uh, I'm not selling on Etsy anymore. You have to go on my website. And it it wasn't really an issue. So thankfully, like, it like it worked out well. Um, but yeah, I would say for anyone who wants to start their own business, like Etsy is, is a great place to start, you know, so don't don't shoot it down. <laughs> yeah. And so then you just um, what what platform are you using? What shop format are you using? Um, I'm on Shopify. Okay. And you found that you were able to do better than the um, fees and all that that Etsy charges? Uh, yeah, uh, the, the fees are, are a little similar. Etsy maybe charges just a little bit more. Um, but I I just needed something that had like a strong, stable, like the back works of it of all, you know, like I just want to focus on the creative work and stuff. I didn't want to have to deal with like, is my website working, you know? Right, so, right, right, right. <laughs> I'm right. okay with paying the fees. <laughs> No, and that sounds good. I know I'm still using Etsy, but, um, you know, every time I, I mean, there's so many, there are many times that I'm like, oh man, I'd rather have this just go direct, mm-hmm. you know, sell direct to customers. And Etsy's changed a lot. Uh, I got on there in 2009 and it's a wildly different beast than it was yeah. back in 2009. I mean, you, we didn't have to compete with people who are just buying things and reselling. Yeah. And now that's an issue. So um, so that's awesome that you've been able to make that. And I'm assuming social media is what really drove that for you. Cause you could just say on Instagram, like, Hey guys, yeah. I'm somewhere else now. And then they're like, cool. And it's not a problem because your yeah, Instagram is constant. That's awesome. Um, and, and it was a young store, you know, so it's not like I had like everyone on there. And so it was easy for me to switch and kind of keep my same customers. I think yeah. one of the main reasons I wanted to get off Etsy, like, I, I like no like bad 
feeling starts people who have Etsy stores. Like, I think it's a great, great platform. Um, I just think one of the main reasons I wanted to get off of it was because I noticed that, you know, if, if someone bought something off of Etsy and someone asks like, Hey, where'd you get that? Like most times people aren't going to name the shop. They just say Etsy. It's true. You know? And so I didn't want that. Like I wanted people to, you know, remember the name and like, if, I mean, word of mouth is a, is a strong, uh, thing. And so I don't want people to just be like, Oh, I got on Etsy. Like, right. (laughs) Right. It's kind of like, I got it on Amazon, you know, like there's this big, it's this big place. Yeah. Well, thanks again. Thanks for your patience with um, my need to reschedule last week. And I'm really glad we got a chance to talk today. I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you did too. Thank you. Special thanks to Josie for being a guest on the podcast. I really had a great time talking to you and hearing your story. And I hope you folks at home enjoyed it too. Thanks again for all your support. Thank you to my Patreon sponsors. Thank you to all of you who have purchased looms and magazines and printed goods from my Etsy shop. I really, really appreciate your support. It's been a really good year for my business and I'm trying to ramp things up. And when I talk to people like Josie, it motivates me all the more to really, you know, put some effort into building my handmade business. And um, it's always good to have that inspiration. So I hope you all are feeling really empowered and creative and inspired And if you have a story that you'd like to share or there's someone you'd like me to interview on an upcoming episode, feel free to get in touch. You can email jennifer at craftsanity.com and I'd love to hear from you. You can also follow me on Instagram. I use craftsanity as my Instagram name. So I am still rolling out some new loom design ideas are kind of going around in my head, uh, but I have a lot out there. So if you're interested in Diving into weaving, you can find several different kinds of looms from portable tapestry and bracelet looms to circular looms, all the way up to rug and blanket looms, and then pot holder, placemat, and cowl looms and scarf looms in between there. There's a lot of variety. Uh, my house is like overrun with looms now. Uh, I'm not really sure how I feel about this whole situation, but I am kind of just stretching out and as a business lady and a creative person and I'm really interested in experimenting I'm going to be making some custom frames for myself to do some pieces that I've had in my head of fiber art designs that I I need to get out of my system but there isn't anything that exists right now that I can use to weave these on so I'm going to be creating those and I'm excited that I have the tools to do that now so that's always fun and that's something I want to encourage you folks too if there's something that you think, geez, if I could just figure out how to make this thing so then I can make this other thing, like a, a, create a tool for something you want to make, um, I encourage you to really explore that because for me, some of this stuff, like trying to solve my own like creative problems, like especially with like trying to make a cowl, weave a cowl and have it come off as a one continuous piece. I designed a loom to do that. And um, now I'm wearing a cowl right now that I made on that loom and I can make these in less than an hour and it's really fun. But I made that because I was trying to like figure out like, okay, how can I make a cowl for myself? And then that turned into a product. So you never know. I mean, some of these issues that you're trying to like kind of work through creatively could be a product that you could sell for your business. So I really encourage you to explore those things and try to try to 
figure it out. And if you don't know how to make it yourself, um, reach out to creative people that you know, people in your community, and you'll be surprised by how easy it is to find people to help you right in your community. So, yeah. So once you create your product, be sure to tell me all about it. I'd love to hear it. All right. I'm going to sign off here and be back soon with another podcast. I just want to thank everyone for your support of the show. I really appreciate that. I also want to send a virtual high five out to all the students and parents and teachers and concerned citizens who participated in March for Our Lives demonstrations across the country and around the globe. I went with my students to the event in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and they covered it for the school publication. And uh, I stood there with them the whole time. And I was very inspired and very encouraged and it is really great to see so many people coming out and trying to figure out what we're going to do to make our schools safer, make our streets safer, um, make our children safer, because it is possible to do that. I am not going to ever give up on the thought that we're going to make this world safer for our children. I wear a lot of hats and I do a lot of different jobs, but being a mom is the most important job that I've ever had. And I take it very seriously. So um, keep up the great work out there. And all the artists who made posters and, you know, printed things to give away to demonstrators. And I mean, all that makes a difference. So keep doing the great work, you guys. And I will be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, Craft Sanity, my friends, it works for me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Craft Sanity podcast. To support the show, click the Patreon link at CraftSanity.com to donate $1 a month or buy a handmade loom or magazine at CraftSanity.etsy.com. Same time next week will be craft.